0: That was so good. I don't know about you guys, but I love seeing the kids worshiping together. That tickles me. It just makes my heart happy. So we are so glad that you guys are here with us this morning. My name is Lynette, and I just want you to know that I'm really honored that you invited me into your living room, into your car, into your kitchen, wherever you're watching from this morning. We've got a screen set up here so that I can see you guys as you're commenting and as you're following along with us. I do want to say. Last week, we had some problems with uh, Facebook uh, keeping up with our broadcast. And so um, this week, I want to just start off by saying, if for some reason our broadcast on Facebook keeps pausing and you can't, it is uh, dropping, you can go to n3c.tv, and that is our web page, and we have the live broadcast happening there as well. So uh, comment on here. You guys know when you're in-house, I need your help. I need your help preaching. I love when you talk back to me. I love when you are helping me out. So I want you to comment. I want you to let me know where you're watching from. So let's see. Um, uh, Sharon Welch is watching. I know Sharon is, is got her whole family probably watching. Maybe she's got the dogs in there too. So anyway, we love you guys, and we are just really, really glad that We get to be together at least this way. If you happen to be in a place where you are uh, by yourself in your uh, self-social distancing, I want you to get some other people on a group text and I want you to be texting friends. I want you to text somebody right now and say, hey, watch along with me because I don't wanna do this alone. If there's people out there that are feeling alone, You need to reach out and let somebody know that you just need somebody to be with you. Even though they can't be there with you physically, we are totally together with one another spiritually. Because we are one body and we are one family. And man, we love you guys so much. So um, with that, I want to start off this morning by asking you a question. And I want you to let this question uh, sit with you and keep pulling it up as we're going through our time together this morning. And the question that I wanna ask you is, what will the narrative be of your life during this time? When you look back on the quarantine and the world pandemic of the coronavirus of 2020, what will be written in your story from this time? What will be written when you look back 10 years from now? What will that story read? When you look back a year from now, What will that story be like? When you look back six weeks from now, what will that story read? Because there is going to be life beyond what we're in in this present moment. And for some of you, that is a really big thing that you need to keep reminding yourself is that there is going to be life after today. There is going to be life after a week from now, a life after four weeks from now. So, what I want you to write down or to rest on, I would encourage you to even write this on a post it note and let this be something that you meditate on, write it on your mirror, put it in front of you. What will be the narrative of this time for you when you look back at this time in your life? So I have been reading in the book of Acts, which if you are looking for a place to read right now and you're looking for uh, an encouraging spot in your Bible to read, the book of Acts is amazing. The book of Acts is in the New Testament and it's after the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and then you get to the book of Acts. And the book of Acts is literally the acts of the saints after Jesus ascended and went to heaven. And the book of Acts actually starts out with Jesus spending time with his disciples disciples after he was crucified on the cross he went into the tomb for 3 days and was resurrected and before he ascended into heaven he came and spent time with his disciples so the book of acts picks up that story it's an amazing account in history of the time that Jesus spent with his disciples and then the miraculous things that they did after Jesus ascended and went to heaven so i want to start in acts chapter 12 And I have to tell you guys, I was reading this and it was actually very funny to me. So um, we'll get to that in just a minute. So Acts chapter 12, I'm going to start reading in verse 5. And of course, I'm going to read from the Passion Translation because it's my favorite translation. So Acts chapter 12, starting in verse 3, says this. When Herod realized how much this pleased the Jewish leaders, he had Peter arrested and thrown into prison during the feast of Passover. Let me stop right there. When he realized what? When he realized how much it pleased the people that he had had actually a follower of Jesus Christ beheaded. That's what the people were pleased about. So the people were pleased about that. And so Herod sees that he gets a, he pumps his ego and it makes him feel really popular because the people are excited about the torture and the treatment that he is doing of the Christians. And so it says that this happened during the Feast of Passover, that Peter was thrown into prison, which is a time that we're getting ready to come upon in just uh, a little over two weeks. So it picks up and it says 16 soldiers were assigned to guard Peter until Herod could bring him to public trial. 16 soldiers. So then it goes on and it says immediately after the Passover celebrations were over, the church went into a season of intense intercession, asking God to free him. The night before Herod planned to bring him to trial, he made sure that Peter was securely bound with two chains. Peter was sound asleep between two soldiers with additional guards stationed outside his cell door. Okay. So Peter is in prison. He is in a cell. 16 guards are guarding his cell. Then he has two guards stationed on either side of him in the cell. And he's chained up with two chains. So they're like, we're not going to take our chance. So I want you to recognize Peter must have had quite a reputation because that is how much attention he was getting in the jail cell. So let's go on and see what it says in verse 7. It says that Peter is in his chair. He's got guards on both sides, but look at what it said. It said that he was sound asleep between the two soldiers. Like, I don't know, sound asleep. I don't know about y'all, but when Darren is sound asleep, he snores. So (laughs) I love you, hon. Okay. Then verse seven, it says, when all at once an angel of the Lord appeared, filling his prison cell with a brilliant light, the angels struck Peter on the side to awaken him and said, hurry up, let's go. Instantly... The chains fell off his wrists, and the angel told him, Get dressed, Peter, put on your sandals and bring your cloak and follow me. <clears throat> so, what happened? is this angel comes in. Peter is sound asleep. He's snoring. He is in la-la land, and he is just enjoying his sleep. And the angel comes, and it says that it struck him on the side. Now, I don't know about y'all, but do you remember back in the 80s, there was a TV show, and it was called Touched by an Angel? (laughs) What about being struck by an angel? Okay, I think that's funny when I read that. Like, in my living room, I was laughing out loud. I was like, God, you are funny. So anyway, this angel whacks him on the side, basically slaps him and says, yo, Peter, I'm here, wake up. But Peter was in such an intense state of rest while having two chains on him, while having two soldiers sleeping on either side of him or guarding him on either side and being in a prison with 16 guards outside his prison cell. Yet in the middle of all of that, Peter was sound asleep to the point that when an angel comes into his prison cell and fills his prison cell with a brilliant light, is what the word says, that it didn't wake him up to the point to where he was so fast asleep that he had to be whacked on the side by this angel to wake him up. Talk about being touched by an angel. Somebody on your couch maybe needs to be whacked by an angel right now. So if the reach over and whack somebody right now, but in the most angelic way. Okay. So what I want you to see here, this is what I want you to take from this is that no matter what was going on around Peter, no matter how bad the situation was around him, it wasn't enough to disturb his ability to be at peace. You are not held captive to any external circumstance in which you can maintain your peace. You are not in bondage. You are not held down. You are not uh, imprisoned. You are not enslaved to any external circumstance, to anything that's going on around you, as long as you can keep your peace. When you keep your peace in the midst of those situations, just like Peter, you can sleep through it, even through being chained up in a prison cell. So it goes on in Acts uh, in Acts chapter 12. I want to skip down for the sake of time down into verse 17. So what happened is after after Peter. Got the angel led him out of prison. The angel led him down the street and led him to a house where people were gathered together praying, and he knocked on the gate of the house. I'm just gonna tell you about it. So he knocks on the gate of the house, and this girl runs out to the gate and she sees him and she's like, Oh my gosh, it's Peter. He's supposed to be in prison right now. She's so excited, she runs back into the house where all of the believers are gathered together praying, and she says, Peter's out at the gate, and they don't believe her. So they all run out to the gate, and Peter's standing out there in the street. Like y'all open the gate and let me in. Okay. I've just escaped from prison. They're going to be looking for me. So they let him into the house. And what does Peter do? It says that Peter started telling him in verse 17, it says that Peter tells them about all of the things that God just did, the miraculous miracle that just happened, that he was just with an angel and an angel came into his prison cell, filled it with light, dropped the chains off of him, opened up the doors that were locked, went right past 16 guards that were outside, walked out of a locked prison cell and walked him down the street and brought him back home. Now, then he tells them go and tell the story he says go and tell everybody about what god has done about what just happened what he didn't say Was man, I had these nasty chains on me and I had two soldiers sleeping next to me and y'all, I don't even know when was the last time they put on any right guard. They smelled so bad. Let me tell you how bad the prison cell smelled. Let me tell you how bad everything was where I was. Let's talk about how bad it was. Let's talk about how dark it was. Let's talk about the depression of the moment. Let me tell you the anxiety that I was in. Let me tell you the fear that I was in. He didn't tell them to go and talk about that. What he said is he said, go and tell people, people i want you to stir up and i want you to remember the story that i'm telling you because god brought me out of a really dark place and i want you to go and tell everybody about what god has done i want you to tell the story about the freedom that god brought into my life that's what he wanted them to be going and telling people about so what will be the narrative of your life during this time What will be the narrative? What will be the story that is read of you and what will be told about you? When I was in <clears throat> excuse me when I was in sixth grade, I had the most amazing teacher. His name was Mr. Dorsing, and everybody wanted Mr. Dorsing for their teacher in sixth grade in the school that I went to. And, uh, Mr. Dorsing was just, he's one of those teachers. I'm so thankful for all of our school teachers out there that are at home and not getting to be in class with your student, man, we pray blessing over you today and all the students that are out there missing their teachers. So anyway, Mr. Dorsing, uh, back in, in the school that I was in, it was uh, a pretty poor school district. And, um, so we didn't have a lunchroom. The kids all ate their lunch in the classroom every day. And, uh, anyway, my teacher, Mr. Dorsing would read to us every day during lunch. And uh, our favorite book from the class that he would read, and I don't know if there's any people out there that remember these, let me know if you remember these books, is they were called Choose Your Own Adventure. And I don't know if the sub on them was Twist a Plot or something like that. But anyway, what it was, was it was this book where you would follow along with the main character and then as the character was going through, you would come to a certain place and the book What down at the bottom of the page, it would say, do you choose, and it would say, uh, to go right into the, into the cave, or do you choose to continue to follow the path into the forest? So as the kids then, we got to choose uh, which way we were gonna go. And then if you chose to go into the cave, it would say, turn to page 16. If you chose to follow the path into the forest, go to page 24. So then you got to choose which direction the story would go. And it would typically be at a critical point in the story. Something would be building and building and building. And then all of a sudden you were hit with the opportunity to choose which way you wanted the story to go. I believe with all my heart that we are in a critical place right now as the body of Christ, as a country, the world, we're in a critical place right now. And it is you and I who get to choose what direction the story is going to go. Out of all of the things that are happening that you have absolutely no control over, you don't have control over whether or not you are keeping your job at this time. You don't have control over whether you're getting a pay cut. You don't have control over whether or not your children get to go to school. There's a lot of things that we feel like we don't have control over right now. But what I want to tell you is you have total and complete control over which way your story goes. And we are at A critical point, and right now is the time where God is saying, Which way are you going to choose? Are you going to choose this way? Are you going to choose this way? And just like Peter said, Go and tell the story. God is saying, Are you going to tell everybody about the change? Are you going to tell everybody about how bad it stinks? Are you going to complain about the situation that you're in? Are you going to continue to talk about how bad it is? It's really hard, it's really tough. Or are you going to tell people, Let me tell you what God is doing for me during this time? We are at a critical point and it is at this point where we need to decide which way are we gonna choose and what will be written of us in our story during this time. So <clears throat> I'm, gonna give you, I'm gonna give you a truth that is gonna help you to navigate what you want to be written of your story. I'm going to give you something, and this is a truth. So just like in school, when we got to do the choose your own adventure, so we're at a point right here, and I'm going to ask you a question, and you get to choose. So y'all, if you're watching with family, if you're watching with friends, you get to choose right now, and y'all decide what your choice would be. So if you were going to drive to the mountains, maybe for some of y'all, it's to a lake, whatever your favorite spot is and hike to your favorite spot. Some of you, I know right now there's certain people who are saying, I don't hike. I don't do that. So maybe you're just driving to a certain spot. So just go with me here. Okay. So if you were going to drive to the mountains and to the lake and hike to your favorite spot to enjoy the start of your day, would you a, would you pack a breakfast burrito and a thermos of coffee and go and watch the sunrise? Or would you b? grab a sub sandwich after you get off of work, get a thermos of sweet tea and stop by and don't forget to get a crumble cookie and go and watch the sunset. Which would you do? Choice A or choice B? <laughs> the peanut gallery, I've got little people in here that are waving uh, Holy Ghost pom-poms. Y'all, y'all need to know what Holy Ghost pom-poms are. Get a tissue and wave your, wave your tissue at me. So in your adventure, what would you choose to start your day? Would you go with your breakfast and watch the sunrise or would you go with whatever you pack for dinner and watch a sunset? See, most of us would pick a because we think of our day starting when we get up in the morning, when the sun comes up, some of us are up before sunrise, but we think of when we get up in the morning, that that is when we start our day. And that is the way of the world that we go through our day. And then when night comes, then that is the end of the day. At the end of the day, we go to bed. We're always moving. The way of the world is always moving from daytime to nighttime. It's moving from light to dark. The way of the world and the story of the world is that we are moving from sunrise to sunset, that we are young and then we are old and we move from life to death. That is the world's way. But I would like to propose to you a different way of looking at that. I would like to offer something different to you today. I would like to offer to you a truth. So if you would go with me to Genesis and I'm going to read this out of the new living translation because I really like the way that says this. I mean, when you listen to one of my messages, you're going to have to get like three Bibles with you or get the U version app on your phone. Okay, so Genesis chapter one, starting in verse one. It says this in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty and darkness covered the deep waters and the spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Verse three, then God said, let there be light. And there was light and God saw the light was good. Then he separated the light from the darkness and God called the light day and the darkness night and evening passed, and morning came marking the first day see in creation darkness was first first there was darkness and then it says it says to us that evening passed and morning came so day began with night there was darkness first and it moved into the light in god's way of things and in god's world everything moves from darkness to light. When you look at God's way of doing things, there's a new order for life. And instead of life moving from light to dark with God, everything moves from dark to light. In John 12 and verse 46, it says, I have come as light to shine in this dark world so that all who put their trust in me will no longer remain in the dark. See in God's way, we move from weakness to strength. We move from sorrow to joy. We move from despair to hope, from guilt to innocence, from defeat to overcoming, and from death to life. Ephesians 5 and 8 says to us, for once you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. So live as people of light. So in the choose your own adventure that I gave you, how would you start your day you would not choose A, but you would choose B because you would go and you would enjoy the sunset as the beginning of your day. That's why when you see on the... Um, like on the Jewish calendars that all Jewish holidays begin at sunset. It's because in God's way of doing things, our day begins at sunset. And just, just put this in your pocket. I would love to talk about this on a, on a table talk on a Wednesday night coming up soon. For those of you that haven't joined us for a table talk, we do table talks Wednesday night at six o'clock right here. So anyway, in God's way of doing things, like in in our world, the way that we do stuff is we're working for the weekend. I think there was even a song about that in the 80s. Everybody's working for the weekend. So, but I mean, we we work for vacation. We work so that we can rest. We work so that we can clock out. We work so that we can go home. But see, in God's way of doing things, God gives us rest and then we work from our rest. We don't work for rest, but we work from our rest. The same way is that we are not getting up and starting our day in light and moving to darkness. But with God, we start our day in rest through the night and then we're moving into light. That's the way that God does things. So let me tell you this, every nighttime in your life will lead to a dawn if you choose God's way. You can continue to go the world's way and choose the world's path, Or you can determine right now that you're going to go God's way. And when you make that determination, you may feel like you are in the darkest time that you have ever been in. You may feel hopeless. You may feel despair. You may feel imprisoned. You may feel chained. You may feel held captive. But you are not a prisoner. You are not in bondage to any external circumstance that you can maintain your peace through. And as long as you maintain your peace, you are continually moving from a nighttime into a daytime. You are continually moving from whatever the dark season is. You know that there is light coming from however deep the things are that you are in and that you are dealing with. And I am not denying those facts. And I am not a person saying, just stick your head in the sand and pretend like it doesn't exist. But what I am saying is if you continue to focus on that, you continue to stay in the darkness and talk about how dark the darkness is. You are not going to realize the light that comes into the dark place that you're in. Just like Peter, he was at such peace that it drew the light of God into that prison cell. It drew the presence of God to where he was and his cell was filled with light. Whatever the darkness that you're in, you are not held captive in that darkness As long as you maintain the peace that is on the inside of you by the Spirit of God. What will be your narrative of this time? What is going to be recorded of you? What are you talking about? What are your kids hearing you talk about? What are your family hearing you talk about? That is completely and totally under your control. You may not have control over a whole bunch of stuff, but you have total control over your mouth right now. And you're not going to believe anything more than what you hear yourself speaking. You can hear all kinds of stuff on the news, but you're not going to believe anything anymore than what you hear coming out your own mouth. That's why I'm saying write stuff on your mirror, write things on post-it notes, put it on the coffee pot, because we know that during this time, Lord Jesus, we got to have our coffee. Amen. Amen. Give me a, give me a pom-pom on that one. Um. Romans chapter eight, let me give you this verse because this is a good one. This is a good one for you to write on your mirror. Romans chapter eight and verse 28, and this is out of the New King James translation. It says, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. People wanna quote that scripture all the time. Well, we know that all things work to the good. God works all things to the good. Yes, he does, but for who? He works all things to the good for those Who love him for those who are setting their heart on him, those who are setting their focus on him. It doesn't say that God turns all things to the good for those who are continually focusing and meditating and loving the darkness that they're in, for those who are continuing to talk about the chains, for those who are continuing to focus on the chains of the situation of the moment. Because let me tell you what, the moment you're in right now, now it's gone. Now you're in another moment. The moment that you're in right now is gonna pass. And if your whole focus is right, Right now in the chains of this moment right now you're not listening to what god wants to put in you for the moments that are to come what is going to be written about you from this time what will the narrative of your story be totally under your control totally under your control here's the thing if it's not good yet god's not done yet If your situation isn't good yet, God's not done yet because he said he works all things to the good for those who love him and who are the called according to his purpose. Now, whoever's sitting next to you right now, reach over and whack them on the side, just like the angel did, you know, whack by an angel. I want you to look at them right now, and I want you to say, you are called according to God's purpose. Every one of you, every one of you that is watching, God knows your name. He knows, the Bible says that he knows how many hairs are on your head. Now, for some of you, that's not as many as others, but I am going to tell you that God knows how many hairs are on your head, and he loves loves you however sparse your hairs are on your head god knows your name he's called you for this time you know what this is not a surprise to god what we're going through right now god didn't wake up one morning and go oh my lord jesus did you know about this whole corona thing because i didn't see that happening i didn't know this was coming this was not a surprise to god god knows the end from the beginning That's what the scripture says to us. The scripture promises us that God knows the end from the beginning. God knows the story that he has predestined for you. What his plan is for you. What he created you for. He also says to us that he does not put us anywhere where he has not fully equipped us to walk through. That's the thing is right now, whatever it is that you're going through you are not left empty. It's not like God gave you a tool belt and sent you out to the construction site with no tools in your tool belt. You have been given the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. You have been given a tool belt that is overflowing, but it's up to you to choose to go to that tool belt, to go to God and run to him to say, God, what have you given to me to make it through this time? That is what you have control over. You are not held captive in any external circumstance in a dark season in which you do not lose your peace. The sun will set tonight and it will rise again tomorrow morning. And then after that, the sun will set again and it will rise again. And my guess is going to be that right where you're sitting, that there are not very many of you who have given any thought, any worry, any anxiety, any stress, any fear of the future as to whether or not the sun is going to set tonight. And you've not given any fear as to whether or not the sun will come up again in the morning. But here's the truth of that. You could fear and you could worry about that all you want to, but your fear and your worry and your anxiety and your dread of the future is not going to have one ounce of effect on the setting of the sun or the rising of it the same. Our worry and our anxiety will not have any effect on the outcome of your story. but here's what I'm gonna tell you is I know that we were in a time when Darren and I were first married and I'm telling you things were tight. I'm just going to shoot you straight. We had gotten letters that they were coming to repossess our truck because we could not make the payments on our truck. And that may be a situation that you're facing right now. And I remember being so beside myself in fear I remember that it was the thing that I would think about going to bed at night. And it was the thing that I would think about during the day. And here's what I'm going to tell you. Fear has a physical feeling attached with it. And I know this very well because I have pressed and pressed. I am a person who knows how to battle fear. I would feel it. You could feel it coming up. And it was almost like a, a thing a tightness coming around my throat. And here's, here's what I would worry and dread. I would wake up during the night. I was losing sleep. And I remember telling Darren about, about how this, what are we going to do? What do, you know? And talking to him about, about the chains, talking to him about the darkness that was going on around me. And he said to me, he says, well, you know what? You can either worry about it or you can trust God with it. I'm telling you right now that made me mad. And he, I said, well, aren't you even worried about it? And he said, well, I don't guess I need to worry because you're worrying enough for the both of us. Now, if I wasn't mad before now, nah, I was really mad, but here's what I thought I thought, bless his little heart. He's so ignorant. He doesn't even know that we need to be worried about this right now. I was not listening to the wisdom of my husband. I was thinking, that man is stupid. I'm just going to be straight. I thought that man is so dumb. He don't even know that we need to be. He's waving his holy pom -pom right now. I thought he doesn't even know enough to know that we need to be worried about this right now. God, who is this man that you have married me to that I'm going to spend the rest of my life with? I was worried at that point. And then I was mad at him because the way he was talking to me. But you know what I've learned over the years is that there was a lot of wisdom in what he said. And there was not a bit that was going to change in the future by me worrying about it and me fretting about it and me talking about it and me losing sleep about it and me being upset about it and making everybody around me miserable about it. All that was happening is that nobody wanted to be around me and I was being pained in the rear end. So let me ask you what (laughs) he's, he's definitely agreeing with that. right? (laughs) So let me ask you, are you being the way i was and are you being even more difficult to be around right now because you are in a state of fret? and you know what you may not even be talking about it it may not even be words that are coming out of your mouth but that anxiety and that stress and that worry that definitely affects your disposition it affects Who you are, it affects how you are in a room when people are around you. And let me tell you what, when we're all in the house together right now, ain't nobody want to be with your sorry self when you're sitting around thinking about bad things all the time. So if you find that you come into the room and everybody leaves the room, you may need to check what your attitude is and what you're thinking about. That's my soapbox about that. Worry and sleeplessness is not going to add anything to you but wrinkles. So... That's for all my lady friends out there. So this is what I wanna say, do not miss the light that is waiting for you in this season and in this time by continually to choosing the path that leads in darkness. You have total control over that. You have the choice When you are faced with that critical decision, if you're gonna go this way, turn to page 24. If you're gonna go this way, turn to Jesus. You have total control over which way you're gonna go right now. Right where you're sitting, you decide, am I gonna continue to choose a path that leads me into perpetual darkness? Or am I going to turn from the world's way And am I gonna start to go God's way and watch God lead me from darkness into light? Am I going to choose God's way and allow rest to come during this season, allow God to refresh me and to rejuvenate me? And then when the light comes, as I start seeing that breaking, when I start seeing this turn into light, there's gonna be beautiful things that God does. I know that there are going to be amazing things that come for people out of this season. But if we are perpetually focusing on the chains and the darkness and the cell that we feel like we're in, we're totally gonna miss what God had intended for us in this time. There's some of you sitting at home right now that you have things in your mind that you've been thinking about and ideas that have been rolling, but you just didn't have the time to do it. Now's the time. There's some of you out there that you've been thinking, man, I'd really like to um, put in a, a garden, you know, now's the time to do it. There's all kinds of things that you've been putting off that you've been putting off. And now you don't have any excuses anymore. And maybe it's that very thing that you've been putting off that God has actually put a deep gift on the inside of you. And that's the very thing that is going to bring you the amount of fulfillment and joy that you have never yet experienced in your life because you've been too busy to do it. This is the time, but you're never going to get there. If your thoughts are always worry and dread of the future, what is this going to turn into? What is this going to look like? How am I going to do this? How am I going to, how am I, how am I, what's going to, what's going to, if your mind is so filled with that, God is speaking to you. And it's like, you're going, I can't hear you. I can't hear you because the worry thoughts and the fear thoughts and the dread and the anxiety and the loneliness is all your hearing. But when you silence that, the Bible tells us that we've been given the mind of Christ. When you tell your mind, and let me tell you as a person who has dealt with this a lot, when you tell your mind, thoughts, be still. Mind, be quiet. Mind, I command you to be still and I command you to only think the thoughts that my God thinks about me. That's when you will be able to hear, okay, what is the treasure that God has for me in this season? That's when you're going to hear the creative ideas. That's when you're going to hear the thing on the inside of you. that, Hey, yeah, I'd really like to try that, but I've just not had the opportunity before. Now I have, oh, now they're waving Clorox wipes. <laughs> hey, those are pretty valuable right now. <laughs> so Anyway. Um, there is, uh, back in, gosh, it was, I think it was that maybe the first, the end of the first or the second year that Darren and I were married, he and I had decided that it really was a decision that was made for us. The the ministry that we were working for didn't need us anymore. And, uh, so we decided that we would step out and start the ministry of our own. We had felt like God was calling us to do that for some time, but I'll be real honest, I was the one that was in fear and was kind of dragging my feet and holding us back on that. So when this other ministry didn't need us anymore, well, it was like God saying, okay, you can either step out of the boat or I'm gonna shove you out. So we kind of got shoved out a little bit, which is a good thing. And um, we were sitting at home Because when we stepped out, that's, that's in, in ministry world, that's what you call it as you step out. And it's kind of referring to when Peter stepped out of the boat, when Jesus called him and he walked on water. So we stepped out into ministry and started our own ministry. The only issue with that was that God is the only one who knew that Darren and I were in the ministry. Nobody knew who we were. Nobody knew our name and nobody was calling us to go anywhere and preach. So therefore, he and I, I went and got a job in town working at a bed and breakfast, and I was, a, I was a maid at the bed and breakfast in the little bitty town that we lived in, and then Darren started working for them, and he built a gazebo, and he would bring uh, tablecloths home at night. They were white linen tablecloths that they used in the dining area, and he would bring those tablecloths home, and he would iron those tablecloths, and he got paid for every tablecloth that he ironed. Now, for those of you that have been here and have seen his start shirts, you know how good he is at iron, my man. And is good at iron and stuff. So anyway, okay. So we're sitting at home and weeks go by. I mean, we're working, we're doing everything that we can to make ends meet. And, um, but nobody's calling we're in ministry, but nothing is happening. So a very good friend of ours, her, many of you know, her crystal Lyons. she had invited Darren and I to come in to see them for the weekend and so we went to spend the weekend for them and we were telling her about how nothing was happening nothing was moving did we miss god did we step out too soon was there something that we were missing was there something that we needed to do and we were telling her about just sitting that we were not going anywhere that this was a time where the phone was not ringing there was nothing happening and i will never forget this has been over 20 years ago Crystal looked at both of us and she said, this is the time that y'all need to be pressing in and you need to be spending time with God because there will come a day when you are so busy and you are going so fast that you won't have the time that you have now and you will draw on the things that you put in now in the season that's coming. When she said that, I couldn't fathom that because that was so not the situation that was so not the dark cell that i felt like i was in i felt like i was alone i felt like nobody knew we were there i felt like that i just couldn't even i couldn't i could not dream that but what she said to us is she said don't waste this time this time will be the time that you put in so much that later on, you'll be drawing on this for years to come. What will be written of you from this time? This is your opportunity to put things in, to put the truth of God's word in, to put the truth of who he is, to press in and to find out just how faithful God is, to find out just how big his peace is when you're in the middle of a situation that feels like you're chained on both sides. This is your opportunity. Don't waste this time. Because for so many of you, there's gonna be a time coming that God opens up so many doors for you and there's so much growth happening that you're going to need what you put in right now to have the wisdom on how to manage what's coming for you in the future. Don't waste this time. You are not held captive to any external circumstance in which you can maintain your peace. God knows God knows I want to give you this scripture, and this is another good one for you to write down. It says in Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, in the New King James twenty nine, eleven through fourteen, God speaks to us and he gives us this promise, and this is what he says. He says, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then You will call upon me and go and pray to me, and I will listen to you, and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart, and I will be found by you, says the Lord, and I will bring you back from your captivity. He says, go and search for me with all your heart, and when you do that, God's not hiding from you. God's not silent to you. If there are people that are watching this that you've never prayed to God before, you've never uh, spent time, the world calls it meditation. And you know what? The world calls it that because there is something that is good. The God came up with that first and the world sees that there's value in that. So they're doing what God has instructed us to do. For all of time, he's saying, come and be with me. Come away with me and give me your heart. Just be still with me. Be quiet with me and listen to what I want to share with you. Because what God is wanting to share with you is the future that he has created you for. He's wanting to share the hope with you that will carry you into that future. He's wanting to share with you who you are. This time does not define you if you have lost your job that does not define you if you are home with your kids that does not define you when you come away when you sit still and let me tell you what right now if your kids aren't in school you're come away might need to be in the bathroom sitting on the toilet but let me tell you something God will meet you in there they don't call it the throne room for nothing I'm telling you God will meet you wherever you're at and if you say I don't have 30 minutes to come sit away with God give him 30 seconds see what God won't do for you in 30 seconds if you've never been a person that has prayed, if you've never been a person that has talked to God, this is a really good time to start. And he says, when you seek me and you search me with all your heart, I'll be found. He's not hiding from you. He's just been waiting for you. So that's up to you what you choose to do with that. So this is the point you your choose your own adventure. See, when I was in Sixth grade, Mr. Dorsing would read the Choose Your Own Adventure books to us. The class got to vote when we got to a certain spot, you know, when we would read the the two choices. The class would vote, and whatever the popular vote was is the direction that, that we would take in the story, and that was the page that we would turn to. But I was the one who liked to, my teacher would let me take a book home, and I liked to take the books home because if the choice that the class voted on was not the one that I wanted to choose, I wanted to get to take the book home so that I could be the one who decided which direction the story went. And I was telling Darren that, and he said, you're still that way. (laughs) Yes, I am. I like to be the one to decide which direction my story is gonna go. And so for you, this is that point for you where you get to decide which direction is your story gonna go. Are you going to continue to focus on the prison cell in the darkness? Or are you going to be like Peter that came out and said, go and tell everybody the goodness of what God has done? Go and tell everyone the freedom that he's brought to me. You could be in the middle of a prison cell, but as long as you don't lose that peace that God puts on the inside of you, no one can take that away from you. And you're the one who gets to determine that you get to choose which direction your story is going to go. So what will be written of you? What will be the narrative of your story from this time? You get to decide that. I'm gonna pray for you, Father, in the name of Jesus. Right now, I pray over every person that is watching that feels chains tied around them right now. And I speak specifically to the chains of loneliness right now. And right now in the name of Jesus, we whack those chains off just like that angel whacked Peter in the side. We just cut those chains off right now in the name of Jesus. And here's what I want you to do is I'm praying over you. I want you to put one hand on your heart. If you are driving down the road right now, I want you to pull off the side of the road because God is getting ready to have a moment with you. And I want you to be driving down the road when it happens. If you're in your living room, wherever you're watching from, I want you to put one hand on your heart. And I want you to hold one fist out like this with the palm up in a fist. And I want you right now in the name of Jesus, father, we take all of the fear. We take the worry, whatever the thoughts are that have been running through your head. If there are thoughts of how am I going to pay my bills? If there are thoughts of how am I going to feed my family? How am I going to pay my rent? Um, when is this going to come to an end? Am I going to get sick? Is my family going to get sick? all of the fear, all of the worry, whatever the thought is, you know what it is. And you may need to say it out loud. If you're sitting with friends and family right now, say it out loud. Don't let the devil hold you in darkness by thinking these thoughts are in my head and they're running through my head. When you speak them out loud and you give them to God, there's something that breaks for you. So right now in the name of Jesus, all of that fear, maybe there's anger. Maybe you're like super mad at what's going on right now. And all the things that have been taken away from you, put that right there in your fist right now, take it right there and everything, put it all right there. And right now in the name of Jesus, God, we give it to you and I want you to, Take a deep breath, and I want you to open up your fist, and I want you just to let that go right now. Just lift that up to God, and it might sound silly to you, but if you don't do it, you ain't gonna get rid of it, so let go of it. Now, here's what I want you to do. I want you to take that hand that was so full of all of the dark, and I want you to put it on your heart, and I want to take this other hand. I want you to put it palm up right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you begin to pour pour into our friends pour into our family our n3c family that are watching god pour peace right now in jesus name god pour hope in jesus name god pour your joy god man some of y'all need to really open that up wide father pour joy father pour a hopeful expectation, pour creativity, pour new ideas, pour new open doors for employment. Father, new open doors for income, creative ideas that have been dormant. Father, I pray that you would pour over that right now and awaken those things on the inside of people. Father, in the name of Jesus, for hearts that are hurting and broken, Pour your comfort over them right now in Jesus' name. And if you've never prayed before, if you've never, like I have you putting your hand on your heart right now, if you've never given God your heart before, this is a great time to do it. And it's not, Jesus says that no man comes to the father, but through me. So to give God your heart, you've got to give it through Jesus. So Jesus is saying, come and follow me. Come follow me and I'll lead you right to the lap of my father. I'll lead you right to the best daddy you've ever known. Father, for those people who have never given their heart to God, or maybe there's people that have been so bound up during this time that they've actually pulled away and distanced themselves from God. God, right now, in the name of Jesus, if that's you on either one of those, I just pray that you would just run. Just right now where you're sitting, if you say, I've never, I don't know if I've given my heart to God, or I'm not really sure if I've taken it back, or I've been so consumed that worry and all of that, I feel like my heart's all chained up. Right now, I want you just to offer your heart. Say, God, I give you my heart. Jesus, lead me to God and I give you my heart. I choose to follow you. I don't have, I don't have anything else to follow right now, so I'm going to follow you. It's going to work out good for you. All of these promises that we've read, everything that is here with God, you have a promise for the future. So we pray for people right now those people that are around us that maybe don't have a hope. Father, we pray for them right now in Jesus' name. So if you're sitting with anybody, you're sitting with family, if you are sitting there and you're watching this by yourself right now, I want you to reach out and I want you to take God's hand. If you're sitting with family, if you're sitting with friends, I want you to reach out and take their hand. And Father, we thank you and we praise you because you are good. You are bringing good things to us. You are bringing hope to us. You have filled us with a hopeful expectation of our future. And we thank you that the story that you have written for us is a good story and it ends in good. It ends in what other people are going to look at and say, wow, look what God has done. Our nighttime season, every nighttime leads to a dawn. Father, we trust you with that and we thank you for it. And we give you all of our heart and we love you. Y'all, thank you so much for being with us today. And thank you for letting us to come into your living room. And uh, we hope that you will join us on Wednesday night at 6 p.m., for table talk. It's just a time when Darren and I are gonna sit down. We want to know what you want to hear about. If you wanna send us some questions, send questions to info at n3c.tv. That's the email. Send us some questions. What what do you want to hear a conversation about? Maybe there's specific questions or maybe there's just topics that you would like to to just talk about. And then as we talk about it, it opens up the opportunity for you to talk about that at home with your family, with your spouse, with your kids, with your friends on um, do what is the what's the call things the where you see everybody's faces on the on the screen? Zoom, yeah, whatever, whatever it is. So, man, we want to hear from you guys. We love to connect with you in that way. If you need prayer for anything, you can send that also to info at n3c.tv. We also love to hear your praise reports. Man, we want to hear the good stuff that's going on. Send us that because we like to share that, we like to encourage other people. And you can also continue to connect your finances to God's finances by your tithe and your offering. You can uh, do that online at n3c.tv or we have uh, the mailing address available for you as well on our website. So if you would like to do that, we pray over your finances and that you are blessed to be a blessing and that God always gives you more than enough. So we love you guys. Have a great rest of your day and we'll see you Wednesday night.